This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Today's show is sponsored by Hubble. Get quality daily contact lenses for half the price of the other guys. Go to HubbleContacts.com to get your first two weeks of lenses for free. That's 15 pairs of lenses for free. Go to H-U-B-B-L-E-Contacts.com to get your first two weeks of free contacts right now. Today's show is also sponsored by Tracker. Make losing things a thing of the past. Pair Tracker to your smartphone. Attach it to anything and find its precise location with the tap of a button. Go to thetracker.com right now and enter the promo code BADCHRISTIAN to receive 20% off any purchase. That's thetracker.com. Promo code BADCHRISTIAN for 20% off your order. There you go. You are now entering the Bad Christian Podcast. Joey, kick a introspective beat for me. Mm. I'd like to do a little spoken word on some lyrics that have meant a lot to me in the past. Uh, you ready? Here we go. It's a big, big house with lots and lots of room and a big, big table with lots and lots of food. A big, big yard where we can play football. A big, big house. It's my father's house. This is the Bad Christian Podcast. Mm-hmm. We're going to keep it. That was audio A. That was audio A. Joey, you used to sing that song and love it, didn't you? I remember when I first heard that song, <laughs> I actually thought that you it was... You were eating your third ice cream. <laughs> I actually thought that it was a joke, and I took the CD back. <laughs> You're kidding. I wanted a refund. <laughs> you mean you just were like, it's that bad that I just... Uh, yeah, I was like, I, I, I know this is a joke song, and then when I realized they were really trying to write a hit song, I took it back to Family Christian Store, and I got my money back. Wow. But, I mean, you were wrong. It was a hit song. <laughs> I know. No, what I'm saying is once I realized, hey, we're trying to write a hit song and here's the lyrics that we're going to use, I was like, I can't listen to this. I'm taking it back. I don't want this CD. Like, I got ripped off. That's funny. (laughs) It triggers a memory in me that I completely forgot about, but puts some things into perspective. You know, I didn't listen to, I didn't grow up at a, at a, conservative church that had worship music or anything like that. Oh, I just went to your a heart. Presbyterian church with oh, an organ God. is where, where I went. Oh, but, Lord. What was it like? Are you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. Uh, he only had an organ. <laughs> all we have is an organ at my Presbyterian Bless church. Bless his heart. My God, all he has is an organ. You think I, my church ever had an organ? I'd have killed to have a damn organ. Good <laughs> Lord. You had an organ? I've been to your church. You had a choir yep, and an organ? Choir and organ is what we had. I but, didn't have none of that. Joe, you didn't have an organ, did you? <laughs> but my yes. friend Hayne was into all of that bullshit. He went to the Baptist church down the street. Now, this is what's interesting because this actually... This is actually important now that I think back about it. I was, of course, I didn't know anything about Christian music or any any of that stuff at all. But I was 16 years old, had just got a guitar, found out about music, you know, care, just started caring about stuff like that. And in the culture that we were in in South Carolina, it was, I promise you, all the music was is the mid early 90s, and it was just. Dave Matthews Band and Hootie and the Blowfish and if 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 anybody had a guitar it would have had a capo on it and they would have been playing songs like that and wearing Birkenstocks and it, and I, I knew all of that was horrible I knew every bit of that was horrible garbage trash not good I heard Green Day I heard in fact Green Day by Basket Pace 
Basket Case by Green Day. I listened to it last night, and it's an unbelievable song to this day. It's so harmonically rich and neat and good. But nobody in my where we grew up listened to that or liked it at all. I felt it was like me and two or three other people, and I couldn't believe it. But I knew that that acoustic stuff and that worship stuff and all that stuff, I knew it was bad. But... <laughs> It's kind of easy to play, and I understand how that works. You're, you're at church. You get to play stuff. You get the ability to play in front of other people at a fifth quarter. Um, the songs are simple. Everybody has an acoustic guitar. So this whole culture kind of evolves around this music that perpetuates it. And it's, it, was, it, was, it rubbed me so the wrong way that I knew that I wanted to start a band and move away and do all this other stuff. I knew I wanted to do anything wow. with distortion, anything that wasn't that stuff. However, I still engaged in going over to church with Hain because I got to go play drums and at his church at, at the fifth quarter of the youth group. Now, he was all into it legitimately, but I, would, yeah. I just thought, well, it's a good opportunity to play music and learn. It was fun, and I did go do it, and we played that song. I forgot about it. I didn't, know what, I didn't even know what the song was. I didn't know who Audio Adrenaline was, but that song, I played drums on it at Haynes First Baptist Church in Greer, South Carolina, and then we played... Nice. Uh, Flood by Jars of Clay, and then yes. we played Awesome God, and then we played Leonard Skinner after because you could work in other stuff, you know. Right. And right, so, right, right. but we got the opportunity to go play, and just we were just goofing around and stuff. But we learned the songs, and we'd go play. It was like doing cover songs, and it's just so weird because I didn't know who that song was even by. I wouldn't know it was Audio Adrenaline until you just said it. But that's a uh, that's crazy. Uh, you know what? As you say that, it, I have thought this for a while, and maybe I've even said it before. But if I haven't, it, here I'll zing y'all with it. I promise one of the best things is about church is that anybody that uh, doesn't get to play, like doesn't want to be in a cover band at the bar or whatever, you can play yeah. at church. Like you do right. get an opportunity to get better at music and all that stuff. Now, That's the problem true. is, is that then, but the church goes, wait a minute, this guy or this girl isn't too good, so we can't let them up here. Like you have to be a little bit it's particular, weird. like somebody that wants to worship and play music and have a good time. Like, it, but I mean, what other place every week, no matter what, and sometimes you get paid too, uh, but you could go there on Sunday morning and play music. Like you can it's learn de- It's definitely parts. the only gig. It's, the right. only yeah. it's one of the only gig. musician gigs that pay or you, I mean, but you, I, what I'm saying, the good part about it is I treasure that memory and that opportunity to perform, right. to learn, to get up. Like I took it seriously as I took it. I mean, I had a, a $300 right. drum set that I bought in somebody's garage and I was like, I'm going to get to play in front of people. I better learn these songs. And we, I just did it. And so I value right. that a lot, but it was horrible. It was horrible. But right, you so know, did, it's did it weird. help you musically? Yes, of you course. You wish it people did. would have been a little bit more cr- critical of you. Or no, not? that's what I'm saying. I don't know. That's the well, that's the, the trouble. Okay, I tell you what I would have preferred is I was listening to a '90s. Me and Bridget were painting our deck yesterday, last night. So we had on a '90s playlist, and I was hearing all these, like I said, "Basket Case" by Green Day, just thinking, "Whoa!" And I was, and then all these other music came on that Bridget knew, like. Goldfinger and the Breeders were all coming on, yeah. on this playlist, and I was thinking, wait a minute, if I would have lived grown up here, that's what we'd have been doing. Like, right. if I'd have grown up here, and and how, and I, I asked myself, how would that have turned out though? Would I have rejected it because it was the norm, or would, would it not meant the same right. thing to me to be punk to reject the hootie and the blowfish culture I came out of? I don't know if it would have worked out the same way, that's but true. she and everybody else had all this great exposure to really good stuff. There was concerts and shows, and so I do think that's still better. But for where I was, at least the church gave me an opportunity to 
you know, do it. But the, uh, half of the music that I know from the 90s, and there must be, this must be a real effect. I was like, oh, that's a song that we all found out about, Helmet, The Breeders. Those are bands that we found out about because Beavis and Butt Hit. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, what a weird thing. It had to be in a cartoon. And it was like, oh, check out. Hey, Beavis. What, who would it was? It? Beavis say, oh, check it out. Those chicks rock, <laughs> you know. It's the it's the breeders, you know. It's like a chick band. They played or, or it's Helmet right. on on Beavis and Butthead, and that's how we heard about bands that people in big cities knew, actually heard about and knew about because they knew about it. So it was a real thing. But I guess good for the church. I mean, I did play a lot in churches when I was first learning music, and that was pretty important. I, I could say. Yeah, my you know, church let me play the trumpet, and I was just the, I only knew like I mean, in sixth grade they let me play because it was so small or whatever, and I didn't even know what I was doing. Like, only thing I could ever do is I could hang on if we were in the key of C, and that was it. <laughs> anything else because we didn't have sheet music or anything. You know what I mean? It was my dad who was not a piano player mm. playing piano, and we had one guitar, or maybe my dad was playing guitar at that point. But I mean, it was just I would just play, hit a note every once in a while, and that was that. You know, they didn't tell me anything to do or teach me, so. But that, that's, that's what I'm saying. I like the idea. I like the idea that in church you do get a spot. Like I wish they would focus a little bit more on that. Like just letting people play and jam and do stuff, spend more money on the arts and all that stuff. And really, if, as people get better, like I've said before, be more critical. Like make them better so that music will be great. That's why, like when we have John Mark on or, or King's Kaleidoscope, I'm just happy that music might be artistic again in Christianity. Yep. I, I don't think music is, it, I think Christian music is an industry. I don't think it's that very artistic. I just don't think so. Maybe I'm Y'all wrong, listen to but. this. This this is insane. The church that I was at in high school, I remember thinking, gosh, those, he, he played a, a upright bass and he was an older man. And I was like, man, those bass lines are just so weird. They just kind of stand out in like a super unique way. And I just could never figure it out. But given that it was a pretty large church, when I say large, you know, a good 250, 300 people, and there's a worship leader, there's keys, there's drums, you know, you have all the instrumentation and everything. I was just like, they obviously, I guess, have to know what they're doing. And finally, I had to ask a question. I asked my friend, uh, Toby knows him, uh, John Basil. I was like, hey, man, I was like, what's up with the bass player? I said, it's just always, I said, I don't, I don't think it sounds right. And he's just like, Oh yeah, he doesn't know how to play bass. And I was like, <laughs> I said, "What is he doing up there?" And he's just like, "Ah, it would just be, it'd be too much of an issue to ask him to stop playing." I was like, "What are you even talking about?" He said, "He's crazy. He'll sue the church. He'll figure out a way of like, Whoa, you know, making a lot of trouble for the church." And I said, "Wait a second. So this guy <laughs> plays bass every single Sunday, and he doesn't know." One key that he's strumming, he's just like, yeah, he has no idea what he's doing. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, well, like that's that weird. to me, that's just that's when a church is just way too soft. I mean, that that uh, that's an extreme example. Just like, just yeah, but why wouldn't they spend money to teach him or something or show some? That's what I'm saying. Like, I think maybe they should spend more money on the arts. But you're right. Like, I Joey, I know one you know and one y'all don't know. One, there was a guitar player at a church that Joey and I went to. And no matter what, every song when he got his guitar solo, he'd do the exact same thing. Like every single song. It's like an entitlement. I was like, oh my God. Like you get this is what it feels like, right? And then I went to one church where the drummer, 
did the exact same beat every time on electric drum beat. Every drum beat started. And it'd be, it'd be, it'd be old hymns. It'd be new songs. No matter what. And you know how fake the uh, an electric drum kit sounds like on the, the snare and the tom sounds so bad. And the, the kick drum. It was so funny. Why wouldn't the church go, wait a minute. We want good music. We like that people want to worship God. Let's just build that up a little bit. Let's let's make these people a little bit better. One of the best nights I ever had as a worship leader was at, at Seacoast James Island. And I said, hey, why don't we just all get together and jam uh, people that don't play up here on Sundays. Like maybe you played the bass 17 years ago. Or maybe you have an old uh, ukulele or something and you know a couple of notes. Let's come. Here's the sheet music. And let's just, it, there's no shame in your game, whatever. Let's just all play and sing together. And it was one of the most worshipful nights I've ever had in my life. Like, it was unbelievable. Everybody was just singing, playing instruments that they kind of knew, but maybe didn't. Yeah, and that I felt sounds, like, Man, that this sounds is really more it. fun because it's more well, like, that's what I'm saying. There's a value in the welcomingness and you can try stuff and you can do whatever, but it gets, it borders real quick. Real quick on that thing where you everything's benefit of the doubt. Everybody's just being nice. Everybody's afraid right. to do any, you know. And you just somebody, and it's just so bad because the the bad. I mean, the people that aren't as talented in music, whatever. But the people that are trying to say, "I'm supposed to do this. God's given me a talent. I'm a terrible singer." They leave that part out. But God's called me to do this, and then you let them do it at the expense of everybody else. That gets goofy. That's something you wouldn't, you don't want, oh, really. You don't want that. With you, just don't really want that element where people, you know, they take a, they take a pass because they they're acting like maybe God told them to do it, or just they want to do it, and everything has to be so serious, and you got to encourage everybody, but. I don't know, and then the flip side of that coin well, is churches that 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 do, you have to dominate and and everything's about excellence and all that, and that's goofy too. But I that, do have fond memories of just jamming with my friends at youth group. It was oh, yeah. I did learn a lot musically, and it was nothing wrong with that. It was good. So Toby, get, Toby, but, give me some context. How at being a having been a worship leader at Seacoast, how do you think they and handled Marshall. that? Yeah, how do you think Seacoast specifically handled that balance of? striving for excellence in worship, but then including other people. Because, I mean, Seacoast, they kind of don't make any apologies about we want really good music and really right. good musicians. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and they've even streamlined everything. Like when I first got there, probably first two years, I could pick out what songs I wanted to, and now they've streamlined everything, which that's what I'm saying. I understand that's what you want to do. Like you want to streamline things. You want things to be in the CCM world. You want songs that are easily accessible and digestible to people. I think for me though, it takes away like what, like, okay, for how about this? Jess and I started going to a new church. Surprise, surprise. I've been two times now. I can't believe it. Like, and I like the church and I'm enjoying it. And you don't even see the worship band. Like they all sit down. So it's, it's like hard an orchestra to see them. pit. Like, they have. They even have a little bit of an orchestra. They have like you know, like a four or five piece uh, orchestral group, and then they have you know keys and a little bit of drums and stuff like this. And they play quietly and it's pretty reserved. But you don't see them, and you just can see the words, or you can close it, whatever. Like there's no like. I don't understand. Like I've been told this in the past that you have to show your energy. Or you have to lead people with your bodily actions, like you're yeah. worshiping. And I'm like, no, nah, that doesn't make any sense. Like, I can worship however I want or however God's leading me to. Like, I don't need a guy in skinny jeans 
telling me how to and, and cool, you know, straight iron hair telling me how to worship God. That that's not true. That's you were the, not true. You were the worst of all of them. I know, and I, I was I had wrong. to tell you to stop yelling at no, people. No, 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 no. You're right, and here's why. Okay, Joey's exactly right. Let me give a little context here. I used to get upset with people because I saw them so disengaged at church from worship. They would look around. They wouldn't look at you. They wouldn't raise their hands, and I would I would call stuff out. Joey had to call me down because <laughs> I'd be like, "Hey, let's worship here. What are we doing? We look." I don't remember what I said, but I said it a few times. I wasn't mad at the people, but in retrospect, I, was, I think I'm definitely wrong. Like, I think I'm definitely wrong because I felt like I was pushed in that position, and if people weren't worshiping, I felt like I wasn't doing my job, and now I yeah. see that that's not right. Like, people can worship and listen to music however they want. Uh, somebody might want to headbang, and somebody might not want to move at all and be a shoegazer or whatever. Mm-hmm. And now I see that my influence on that, it was just about me. That it was not about them actually worshiping or not. It was just about me seeing a physical reaction, so I knew I was doing a good job. And that's messed up because that just means it's about a job. It, it does not mean anything at all that I, they were really worshiping or anything. Like, of course, I like it when M, it, when when we play walls and everybody like we were we we just got done off of, off a of tour and we played in Hollywood and when we played walls, the whole crowd went ape shit and knocked everybody over, and then there ended up being like fifteen twenty people on stage. Like that was pretty cool, right? But so I enjoy that, but that's just about me thinking, man, people like the music, they got into it, that's cool. That has nothing to do with them or anything, especially when it comes to worship. Mm-hmm. Like, what, what was I doing? What was I trying to get from the people that they have to physically react to this song that they probably heard a million times again? Like, I don't know. And it's, real just so, it's, it's just so hard to draw a line, though, because... What's the, what's the hard line to draw? Well, well here's what I'm saying. Well, me, hang on, guys. Before keep, you do that, Toby, okay. could you tell them about our real good friends at Hubble real quick and then keep on? going all right folks i think that i've been wearing contacts for close to three decades good lord i'm getting old and in those in that in that time i have learned one thing uh contacts rip they tear uh they're expensive and i have terrible vision so i need them or else i'm gonna wreck the car or not be able to know what i'm doing on the rock stage and fall off of it so i need contacts hubble has changed the game forever What if I told you that you could get a fresh pair of contact lenses every single day? That's 60 contacts for $30. Do the math. That's $1 a day. That is half the price of the other brands. All you have to do is go to HubbleContacts.com, and you can get your first two weeks free. It's unbelievable. Contacts are expensive because four companies control 97% of the market. Until now, Hubble sells directly to you so they can offer contacts for half the price. They can send you to an optometrist if you don't have a prescription today. Getting contacts has never been more convenient and affordable. No more overpaying or overwearing. I've been very guilty of that. So go to HubbleContacts.com and get your first two weeks lenses for free. That's 15 pairs of lenses for free. You, can, you really can't beat this deal, guys. Hubble is offering our listeners two weeks free contacts. So I'm going to say it again. Go to Hubble, that's H-U-B-B-L-E, contacts.com, and get 2020 vision for half the price. So let's, let's, uh, let, let's go really grassroots. Let's say you're in a house church, and, yeah. and uh, let's, let's say Toby says, hey, you know what, I really want us to worship the Lord through the arts. I tell you what, let's do music. Let's let's approach the Lord with music. And then some guy that you know 
has a little interest in playing the guitar and he learned like one chord and he's yeah. planning on getting lessons at some point says hey i'll i'll do it but and he can't sing at all you'd be like oh no 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 let's uh let's get so and so to do it well why would you do that because you know it would be a distraction and it wouldn't set an environment of worship. People would be like, ugh, I kind of want to worship, but this guy's voice sounds like uh, a raccoon and he can't play the guitar worth a lick. All right, so that's one extreme. Take the other extreme, hire Toby Morell as your worship leader. The dude is passionate. The dude knows how to perform. The dude says moving things. He probably has the most powerful, nice voice imaginable, Good and people Lord. like him. So... To me, I'm just like, where where do you draw the line as far as you know what what you're saying is? Hey, people, uh, you you shouldn't be the type of person that you know encourages folks to worship. I mean, obviously, a worship leader's job is to set an environment to worship, right? Yes, I, I, and I, and I'm, you- I, when I'm saying this, I'm challenging myself because I'm with you. I'm just like, no, people just need to figure out worship on their own, but I don't believe that totally because I would never have that first guy that I described lead anything right. musically. Now that you said it that way, I agree with you. I understand what you're saying. You're right. You just can't have somebody that, like, and that's what Matt was saying too, you can't just have somebody that's like, yeah, I want to do it. And they get to get up there or whatever and lead people, especially in the church system that we have now. But what I'm saying is I think it's more like an and in both. Like, it should be both. You should have people that are gifted and talented leading and uh, leading people in music. So maybe that it's not a distraction because it can be for sure. But I think it needs to maybe also be more, too. Like, I don't know why that still involves laser lights and great looking people for the most part. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if you notice most time serious worship, look at Hillsong. I mean, those people look phenomenal. Like we've heard stories where they were told to be emotional at certain parts of the songs or whatever in front of people. Like that idea of stuff, that is what's kind of bothering me. Like, does it always have to be this total setup of emotionality and this is what really is in worship as opposed to somebody just singing. Like one thing that I always told people and people hated it was if, even if you have a bad voice, don't worry about the person beside you. You should be singing to God. And I promise you there are times where there's been the worst musicians ever. And I thought, man, they sure were worshiping. That's what I'm saying. Like that, that, that drummer I was talking about earlier that played the same beat every time. I know they enjoyed it, but also I know I've seen other drummers that maybe were even a little better or whatever that didn't. I was like, I don't even know what this is. Now, also, let me say this. I'm one of the few people that had non-Christians on stage. A lot of people, I, I don't even know if they would like that. Like they were uh, either would some either were Christians and were thinking it through or trying to decide where they were at. And I know a lot of people really disagree with that because you're like, well, but in the in this, uh, idea of creating great art, they were the best musicians. Like they were the best musicians. So I thought we are going to celebrate and worship God with the best music we can, like the, the best played music. I, I thought that was a form of worship too. A lot of people would disagree. So I don't necessarily think it, to me, it seems like you can worship God and not be as flashy and still have the best people doing it. That That's okay with me. I, I And it can be the person that only knows one chord. If, if they want to play some too sometime and people want to worship with them, that's okay as well. I don't, I don't think that's necessarily as bad. But you're right. On a Sunday morning, you can't just have a Yahoo that wants to do it up there. You can't. And it, it, you know what's really crazy too is it leaves me – you said uh, – you were talking about that bass player that said he might would sue or do something bad. 
how often is the church held hostage by members of the church? Like, for example, that's oh, just gosh. a bass player. Think about the older lady that mm-hmm. always right. gets her way and is in the prayer group and stuff. And, oh, right. man, sister such right. and such it's is so nice. It's not just music. That's what I'm saying. Can't. That's a bad thing to have in the culture of church that somebody can Joey, bulldoze does that right happen here. a lot? Like, have you seen that in your career as a pastor? Have you seen, like, people have a lot of influence and maybe so they I, shouldn't have? I know people are sick of me talking so highly of Seacoast, but not at Seacoast. In fact, there's a story where someone basically slid our senior pastor a check, and he said it was basically the most amount of money he's ever seen written no, on no, a check. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about that, though. Uh, yeah, I, I understand that. that. That would be like bribing. I'm talking about have you seen – how many times in your pastoral career have you seen people like an older lady or a older man or somebody that was kind of wealthy – Say, hey, no, this is what we need to do, and they're, okay, let's just let it slide. I mean, you don't think that's happened? Dominating the tone of a prayer group or whatever yeah. it may be. I mean, yeah, I, I, got, could, I, I had a I can, strong small group that everybody's like, well, you can't touch that now, and we'll just let it happen, or, you know, something that they do on Sunday mornings. I mean, that stuff happens. I, I've seen it. Yeah. I've worked at two churches, and I've seen it both. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't think of any specific examples. I know one, and I actually had to talk to her, and then it didn't, didn't go well, but... um yeah, I don't... Just about their influence? Yeah, well, I just think that I can only speak from my context and... That's fine. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying, I know for sure that a lot of churches, there's a few people... All the churches that I've ever been to had a leadership person that was in leadership or was kind of acknowledged as leaders, and they had influence, and it, maybe even over the pastor and stuff like that, just like the bass player that... Hey, if you make him mad, uh, he'll quit or he'll leave, or it's just not worth it. So we'll just allow this to happen. And yeah. I think that happens a lot in churches, honestly. As as far as people with a lot of money, I have found though that if if you are arrogant about your money and you feel like it should give you a more significant voice because you do have a lot of money. There is no way of hiding that. Like, it is just, I mean, it's yeah. like a feeling that you have around someone that if that's how they think of their money and their influence, you will pick up on it for sure. I mean, I just know for, yeah, I, there have been people where I was like, whoa, how do they have such say? Or why, does, why are people giving, giving them their ear when I don't think what they're doing is maybe right or the influence might be wrong or it doesn't feel of the people? It feels like a decision made. I, I don't know. I, I, that, the things that, bum me out about church oftentimes are just like it's it like I, I thought it was really good this week like i said we've been going to a church and i really enjoy it and the guy really tried to uh make clear the point that this is just a building we don't worship a building we don't worship the name of our church we're we, you know we're not some group that's set apart from everybody else and right i just i really appreciated that but at the same time i think a lot of churches there's a status about it that you go to it uh and if you don't like it, it how about this? With all the mega churches and different campuses, you can get pissed off and just go down the road twenty minutes and go to a different campus. I mean, what? Yeah. I mean, you know, you can. A lot of times, you can avoid uh, church discipline or being held accountable. Maybe even rather, a lot of times, and do stuff. And I and I've seen that sometimes in, in with mega churches where people just go, "Oh, that place sucks," and I'm going to leave or whatever. Yeah. And and nothing. And that hurts the church and the person. Like, if the church needs to hear that, why are they mad? Maybe that person's right, or vice versa. Stuff like that as well. Um, I was going to say, too, it was, was kind of cool. At, well, it wasn't cool. Uh, 
I was thinking this week talking about pastors. Pastors love to say stuff like, uh, this one always gets, I've heard this a bunch of times in my life, and it's like this <laughs> supposedly big emotional strong point where you're like, oh, yeah, I guess you're right. But pastors will say stuff like, if, if Jesus wasn't God, if he wasn't who he said he was, then he's a liar. He's oh, a crazy person. Yeah, they get that. He's a originated with C.S. Lewis. Yeah, they say, liar, yeah, yeah, lunatic, yeah, or Lord right. is the is the claim. Right, there. and so everybody jumped on. Yeah, because it sounds like this powerful thing. Well, he must have been right. He wouldn't have said that otherwise. And I was sitting there this Sunday thinking, no, he, he could have been. It lying. could have been the other two <laughs> options. <laughs> I mean, I mean, everybody else in the history of the world, I would go. Yeah, they might, they might be lying. Right, you but, can say so, the same about I'm, David Koresh, right? It's, he was either liar, exactly. lunatic, or lunatic. Which one? How about, I mean, something, how about but, Donald but, Trump in present day time? Right, he's liar, <laughs> lunatic. I mean, or, he's saying this stuff, but or a good president lying. that knows what he's doing, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, all these, all, you know, all these leaders and people with influence and stuff like that. <laughs> for the most part, you rationally go, "Hold on, let me see here." Now, I believe in Jesus. I'm not, I'm not condemning. It. I believe in Him to be true. And the Lord, I, I don't know if we had to say that anymore, but I'm going to clarify it. But I don't know if that's necessarily the best thing to do because, I mean, any rational person that just thinks with a little, little logically go, no, I mean, there's a good percentage chance that, yeah, Jesus was a cult leader. And, yeah, and- so, so I, I mean, to even start this conversation, I would say minus the resurrection, if we throw that out the window, right. then 100% correct. But I think the only thing we have as... Christians is yeah, but I think he I think he came back to life. So right there shows that he's hmm. Lord. But outside of that, I think you're right on the money. Well, let, sure. Yeah, but I mean, but but he if could you, have if faked you, miracles. He could have used some sort of magic right, tricks. But, but how about have, David Koresh, like Matt was talking about, cult leader? If he showed up today, would you think yeah he died, but he came back to life? He said yeah, I, I came mean, back to life. Would yeah. you think or you would go no he, no he lied. <laughs> him, him and him and his right. buddies got together, and and there was a fake fake one that looked just like him, and he burned up in the whatever. Right. The, you know, I mean, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Yeah, but, we then, do give, but then then you have to decide whether or not you believe the the historical uh, right. apparently facts that a bunch of the apostles and disciples like mm. were burned at the stake and were crucified upside down and all that stuff. Because man, if you're going to do that, you either have to be like. Uh, like have a, tr- uh, a a spell over you that's making you believe something, or you're like, no, I know that's the dude that they put in the tomb. You know, like I know that's the guy that p- was put in the tomb, all bloodied up and disfigured, and now he's. Uh, there's just so mm, many yeah, different but, things. But well, somebody would say, yeah, but I mean, look at the people that follow David Koresh or the Jonestown yeah. massacre. And all that. I mean, they they yeah, did but they didn't come of- back from the dead. I mean, what what about uh, what about everybody that followed Hitler and killed Jews because they were Jews? That's you know what, what I'm mean? saying, like, though. It all boils down to the resurrection. So that's 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 got to be the cracker. point right, of contention. Right, but that brings me back is, to if, if anybody, if Hitler came back now, you would say, or whoever, you know, whatever person has died recently. I mean, whoever it is, you would. I don't think you would readily go, yeah, I believe them. They must have came <laughs> back from the dead. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're starting to get me interested in the topic here. Um, I'm interested to explore it more. But before we go further in this, I want to tell you a little bit about Tracker. Guys, you know how they say life is supposed to be a journey? Well, it's, it's supposed to be a journey of discovering things, like big, meaningful stuff. That's, that's what you're supposed to be doing, finding love, looking for purpose, uh, finding experiences. But it's not supposed to be a journey of looking for your keys and wallet and phone, which I spend so much time doing, and it's a huge waste. Or at least I used to spend a lot of time doing those things until 
Tracker came into my life. So eight years ago, Tracker changed everything when they released their first tracking device. And now they've done it again with the all-new Tracker Pixel. This thing's awesome. It's small. It's little. It's great. With the Tracker Pixel, you don't have to worry about losing your things anymore. It's the lightest Bluetooth tracking device on the market. You place the Tracker Pixel on whatever you tend to lose. It's keys, wallet. I mean, you could even put it on your cat if you'd like. It's small enough to fit anywhere. So when you misplace an item that has the Tracker Pixel attached, you use your smartphone and a 90 decibel alert will sound to help you find your things in seconds so it even has a powerful led light so if if it's in the dark you can see it flashing so let me give you an example of how this works let's say your keys slid up under your bed or oh i, I give you a better one that happens to me let's say my nine-month-old daughter grabs my keys and stumbles into the bathroom and throws them in the tub okay so now i'm trying to get, go out the door in the morning to go record a podcast or something and i can't find my keys so here's all i do i just open up my iPhone and find the tracker app and push tap of a button and the the keys start ringing because I have a tracker pixel on my key ring and so I can find them just in a second and uh, I'll tell you what else is cool even if I lost my phone let's say my daughter took my phone and slid it up under my bed while while I wasn't looking then I would grab my keys and click on the tracker pixel and it would it would make my phone ring because it has the app it's all paired up you see so it would make my phone ring and that's even if my phone was on silent so those are the two biggest things right there keys and wallet that's a big waste of time but I'm telling you you can put this on anything keep it with your computer bag keep it with you know a camera that you that's important and then the cool thing about that is you can locate it even if it's miles away it doesn't have to be in your house you don't even have to be able to hear the alert because every tracker user is part of the largest crowd locate network in the world. So it's like, I don't know, it's like ways for finding your things. And tracker's 30-day money-back guarantee means you truly have nothing to lose. So I really believe that, that this is something you should check out. If, you, if you're like me at all, if you ever lose stuff, you ever spend time looking for stuff, you got to get with Tracker. Go to thetracker.com, enter promo code BADCHRISTIAN, and get 20% off any order. That's thetracker.com, promo code BADCHRISTIAN, for 20% off. The tr thetracker.com, promo code BADCHRISTIAN. I'm interested to think through the possibilities of what, what could it be that Jesus, if he isn't, Lord, just the whole shebang, uh, resurrection, all that stuff, then what would be the other possibilities? Is there not another one that occurs to me, like he was just an average guy, and then this the whole thing got started? And so maybe he's in the ground, and if you woke him up right now, he'd be like, uh, what? Me? That? This? Right. Huh? Like if, if you did bring Jesus, Jesus back right. to life, where'd he go? <laughs> And you and you asked him, well, what or anybody, anybody, what, yeah. what were you doing? He was like, well, uh, you know, I just said share those fish. I mean, it looked like a lot of hungry people. It seemed like a good idea. I said, you know, share your bread and fish. I don't know. Then I <laughs> and so then so then you'd have to show him all this stuff written about him. Yeah. and he'd be like. Those bastards! I, I, didn't, I, I didn't say that, <laughs> right? Well, I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's it's obviously it's not as simple as you make it, Joey. That well, if the resurrection happened, this I mean, there's I guess there's lots of ways that things turn into. You know, I'm not trying to cast suspicion or doubt or anything like that, but it's not, I'm not afraid to explore it. But what you know, it's a it's easy for things to turn into lore and mythology right separated from that's a lot what, of time that's what i'm saying so what you even you're things saying, that like it, he didn't have to be a lunatic would he be a cult leader though? Same, i'm sorry I, there is a delay sorry. there you're saying the exact same thing i'm saying though you're saying could 
couldn't their uh, mythology and all that stuff? Yes. So the resurrection didn't happen. That's that's what I think this conversation is has to be thrown out. The resurrection has to be thrown out because you just use the example. What if you get Jesus out of the grave and mm-hmm. you can talk to him? Okay. Right. Well, then we ha- we don't have the resurrection to deal with, which all of a sudden everybody rules them out as Lord. It's not even an option. Right. It's not even a possibility. Yeah. But the, I'm asking, would he have been a lunatic or a lot? Would he, you know, could he have been just a normal guy and then all this happened? You know, would, is that a, is that a possibility? Or would he, you know, it, if you don't believe in the resurrection, would what would be your best guess on what it was? It would, it, would it be that he was trying to be a cult leader and acquire power? Because it doesn't seem that way to me, but, right. you know, was that, would that have been maybe what was going on? Like, if there's another explanation, what would still, if you want to go to scientifically and look at it, you'd have to take Occam's razor, I guess, which is say the simplest explanation would be the best one. Let's rule out the one with the resurrection. So that's not so, what happens. So what would be the so, most likely explanation of who this guy was? So first of all, I mean, it's pretty widely accepted that he existed, right? I mean, yeah, there's yeah. some that don't believe that. That is actually, I don't think too historically responsible. But uh, everybody believes he existed. I mean, nobody thinks nope. it's a fairy tale though. Yeah. Some people think, well, here's the issue It's it's, I think you're right. I think most people believe that Jesus was a human man that did live and die. You know what I mean? Like right. I, I think they do. I think they think he existed. Where it gets tricky is what they say is that uh, the stories that came after were crafted much like you know we tell movie stories now. Like when when somebody says this movie's based on a true story, they juice it up a little bit. This guy was a little more heroic than you know. Than, than he really was in real life, or he, you know, this this thing happened. It was way crazier than you think, or whatever, you know, whatever it might be. So, like people like Bart Arman, who's the Duke professor, I, I kind of follow now. Um, I haven't followed for years, but he he wrote a book. Did Jesus really exist? And I think he he goes along with the idea that Jesus did exist, but that. Uh, the stories of Jesus are like, uh, if you read them, you could see it's similar to like a new Moses. You know, Moses was the hero of the Jews. And and so this Jesus guy now comes in and he's, you know, uh, the way he was born, he had it was a crazy birth and he had to go from Nazareth to Bethlehem. And then there's all these different things and there's some miracles here and there and he has to do this and he's in the wilderness for 40 days. Most like, you know, there's all these little parallels. So I think that where it gets tricky for people who aren't Christians or maybe even Christians as well is that the stories told about them could be possibly exaggerated. Right. I don't know if exaggerated is the right word, but just added to or told in a way of like, yeah, you, oh man, you think that him stopping the woman that had blood problems when she touched the hem of his garment, I saw him raise somebody from the dead. I think it was Lazarus. Right. Remember that guy, Lazarus? He died, you know, and, and stories go like that, especially when there's no printing press and the words are shared. So I think that is more of where people fall that it could have been, you know, added to. Yeah, you know but, what I mean. I mean there, yeah. There's a lot of points like that. Yes, but I mean miracles are easy to explain away if you want to. I mean it's not if like you want to. You don't have right. to be an obnoxious, Jesus hating jerk to say that the right. miracle wasn't. Which I mean, it, it's no different than oh man. I mean, they're not way off from any other thing that's like a conspiracy theory, or it could have happened this way, or it seems like it yeah. did, or he said it did. I mean, then now you're talking about over couple thousand years so uh, although i think that mythology developed pretty early it seems like historically see i would say joey more than the resurrection this makes me sound like a goofball probably more than the resurrection 
I was getting ready to say it like I was getting ready to say Jesus hanging out with the prostitutes. That's the big thing. But what I was going what way I'm what I'm trying to say is the thing about Jesus for me would be that uh it it seemed like an anarchy or against everything that was like you're right Matt. like wh- like what did he think reading he the stories then, yeah well, well reading the story of jesus through the gospels does not seem like he was trying to gain a lot of power give to caesars what caesars love your neighbor forgive people i'm gonna come as a nothing i'm not coming as the king with the sword and killing people like you thought i'm gonna come as a person from the worst place you know nazareth nobody thinks it's cool or good or anything like everything about the story that's what i think is interesting about it because when you tell a story about somebody uh more than you know that they died for their beliefs or whatever i think people will die for beliefs no matter what but the fact that it wasn't like the greatest most amazing he didn't even really start preaching or teaching until he was 30 you know what i mean like yeah it, it doesn't like, really I make mean, sense to me. uh, if i'm trying to think of it from the skeptical point of view which i don't know that i've spent a, even a whole lot of but time but he could have been crazy that. that's why <laughs> crazy know, that's what i'm saying that makes it. the most sense he might have been a little crazy because i don't I, that makes a little more sense, I guess. But the skeptics don't. I don't know what the skeptics and a, agnostics and atheists really think. But what I don't know what they would say because he didn't behave in some way of somebody trying to start a cult that failed or succeeded or anything, you know. Right. And by any standard of his measure, he certainly didn't succeed. There was nothing right, that right. he measuredly got that he was seeking. So I think you got to rule out cult leader. I think. So that would only leave crazy person, really, or exaggerated nothing, which has got to be the easiest explanation. It's just, oh, yeah, he's just a nutty guy, like, you know, just like nutty guy had some cool ideas and was weird. He didn't really care about anything, but people made turned it into a really big thing. Well, that, here's that's what's the only so thing funny about the, Yeah, you're right, but here's what's so funny about the whole thing is uh, – why does everybody war against it so much? I think it's just because the actual Christians, not because of Jesus. Because right. if you just That's, if yes. you were an alien and showed up and read Jesus' story, all you would think is, man, he, he did some good stuff. He was a, he died for what he believed, and he was a pretty good guy. Like he didn't, you know, he he tried to mess with the system that was trying to po- hurt people and oppress people. And I mean, he was a good guy. But the idea of having to serve that, like I I see people even in the club, and and people are angry that it feels like putting your faith in God or Jesus is segre- it segregates you, and it makes you think that you're in the in and they're in the out, that people don't believe. But I think more than that, like if you actually just read the story of Jesus, like the big issue I think people go is I'm supposed to accept him as my savior. That 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 makes people stumble. Like I can't make it on my own. I need this guy that was around 2,000 years ago and all this stuff. But and the, And the thing that they have – to go on to is, yeah, anybody else on earth ever, I would say, was a crazy person or just had something, had a little mental disorder, was a yeah. whatever. They just thought they were God and they weren't. Yeah. And, and that's got to be the most much, likely. Joy, I mean, wouldn't, you say, wouldn't, laugh. wouldn't you say if, if Jesus was, if Jesus was not the savior, he's definitely the most successful liar or lunatic I, in the history it, of the world? May, may, like he well, did a I don't pretty know, good job. He did. If you look, seem if like you look liar at legacy, checks out at all though is what I'm saying. What's that? Liar, power, cult starter doesn't right. check out at all to me. It, it, no matter what, that doesn't check out. But maybe mentally ill and got really lucky, like <laughs> right? <laughs> right. Yeah, saying? no, but you're right. Like nobody that is a is uh, does the con on Jesus or says Jesus was a con man or bad or, or thinks right. it wasn't real or whatever. Nobody 
from his story, you can't say that. Right. You have to say that dude was good. Now maybe his followers were bad. Yeah. And they were. Uh, yeah. But but I mean, but also, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe some people maybe, say Apostle Paul started the whole thing. Like he took yeah, this guy right. and used the opportunity to advance his politics and stuff. That's actually a yes. real a real theory. But it works. I mean, what I'm saying is, I mean, you could say that uh, somebody like. Uh, Donald Trump is a is a, a figure of mythical proportion where he, he you know came out here and he said his dad only gave him a million dollars or whatever but you know then he made it into a billion dollars and he kept doing and he became one of the most famous people in the world even to the point he became the most important person in the world possibly yeah arguably the most important person in the world is Donald Trump right and <laughs> right. he will be remembered forever and he might be the most well known person on earth right now maybe for who knows how long and I'm just saying like and we see that's by, a good example. Because we see people willing to believe things that just don't make any exactly. sense about him. Like, he's already right. has people believing things about him that are just clearly not true. And this is now. So don't mention back then. Now, let's look at Donald Trump 2,000 years in the future from now and change the language, like, a bunch of times to a whole different right. base language and then try yeah. to discuss what was true and not true, what actually happened in 2016 and didn't. You're you're, yeah. you're in pretty big trouble at that point, right? Two thousand yeah. years from now, in the year twenty, well, in the year four thousand seventeen, <laughs> in some other un, absolutely non English based language or computer language, I would imagine it would be at the time, trying to parse out the facts of what did and didn't happen historically yeah. with Donald Trump, which I we mean, can't figure out today. Yeah, right. Can't figure <laughs> it out today. There might be a time in in four thousand seventeen. This time there. Uh, Let's see. Two years ago, we'll be refer- referred to as BT. Yeah, BT and AT. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> before Trump and after right. Trump. <laughs> I mean, that's how all that stuff happens. Right. I mean, now, here's the thing: Joey's no longer a Christian. I just saw it on his face. You He's just wiped done. him out. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I'm still in it. I'm still. I'm still believing because that's what I'm saying. Though it is so. The story is so bizarre. And what I love about the story of Jesus. Of course, I grew up in America. Of course, I've been influenced by my heritage and roots and and my life and my skin color and all that stuff. But you've I been love influenced idea, by or, your skin color. <laughs> it's one of my I biggest been, influences. Sure. I look down. It's yeah, white. It's pretty it's awesome. Definitely influenced my life for sure, one hundred percent. Always admired uh, it, looked at it. You know, well, not like that. I'm saying it's it's made me get places no, and know. do things and and help me back and immensely help me probably even more. Uh, but what I was going to say is it, the thing that I the thing about Jesus that resonates with me. Gosh, I'm using Christianese. Is that it? It is that everybody needs a savior. And that's the thing that I feel like is just, gosh, I believe I that. You. I believe that everybody has something pretty fucked up with them. And See, either, I don't understand. Either, I don't, it, first of all, is that an apologetical statement? And I'm not trying to trap you. Like, would you consider that that's kind of your apologetics right there? Like everybody needs a savior. Mm, and the reason why I, I asked why that you, is what I do you just mean by apologetics? Yeah. Like he, here's a defense That's for my, my faith. Of faith. Everybody yeah. needs a savior, and the reason why I don't realize—I yeah. mean, the reason why I don't understand that—is I don't understand why that points to Jesus. You could say everybody needs it a savior, not. and it we're all not. screwed. You're right. It, we're all it screwed because there's to nobody Jesus. to save. I'm us. saying for me, it points that, to Jesus. That's, yeah, but for for somebody else, it might not. Gotcha. You're right. It, it, but I do think everybody needs a savior. Everybody needs some help. Everybody's going to eventually do something where they it, we we call it sin, but sin against your brother or sister or yourself. Yeah. 
or your whatever it might be. I think, and so those things always get me coming back. And that's what I see is that always is the biggest weakness with humanity and church and politics and everything is that you need help, and when you don't get it, it gets worse and worse and worse. Yeah, and then now, it's a what, matter of Jesus being maybe the best candidate for such a savior, and that leaves that's where I leave skepticism and become hopeful. So I, I, my default position is skeptical. I also resonate with Toby in that I feel when I look around that there are major problems and they're chiefly born out of humans themselves and what humans are are and what they're yeah. like. Not I mean I know the world's rough and people animals die and the sun will eventually blow up the earth, but there's a specific problem with humans and it seems to be really bad and they need some help. Um that seem that resonates enough to me that I'm hopeful that there's such things as savior. And then uh, looking at all the candidates, that's the strongest one to me, mainly because it doesn't seem like he was uh, posturing or trying to do anything. It doesn't seem to have any benefit at all for him to be what he was and do what he did. And so it sounds, I mean, that's the most promising one of the things that I'm hopeful are true at least. I, I could put it that way, but that's certainly yeah. leaving skepticism. I, got, I, I did that conversation actually a little bit on Break, on Break It Down podcast with Josh Zepps. I don't think y'all listened to it, but I just wanted to bring him on and talk about uh, the news and news media and journalism and a bunch of stuff like that. He's one, somebody I really like a lot, but he's super uh, you know, anti-Christian, anti-religion, atheist guy. So then the right. whole end of the podcast was him. I, you know, I, I took it head on and tried to you know, do the explain why I believe in in spite of somebody I look up to intellectually telling me it was a very stupid thing to believe. But it was, it was kind of a, a fun one. But I, that's all I could come to is that well, I'm totally skeptical all the way down to I'm not sure about the miracles. I'm not sure about any of that stuff, given the Trump 4017 4, logic. Um, but I, at some point, I leave skepticism hopeful. And it kind of hinges on what Toby said, that I feel like we got some real problems and, and it the concept of a savior is so strong and necessary that maybe there's something to it. And I'm hopeful. And that's where, I, that's where I'm at. Yeah. I think for me too, the, one of the, uh, the big, uh, knocks on, on Christianity for me is that we so enclose ourselves that we aren't open to stuff. Like I, like I've just been hearing more and more. And what I, I would have been told when I was a young kid, that this was like mysticism or Eastern mysticism or bad, scary, evil stuff that's trying to take your eyes off Jesus. But like, the idea that we're all connected or that when I hurt you, I'm actually hurting myself. Like when I try to get revenge on you, that I make myself worse and I make my existence worse, which infects the whole thing. Like, like the idea, it's not, it sounds so, like what I dislike is when the atheist or, or non-Christian or something says, how stupid is it that they would say that uh, a lady ate a piece of fruit and everybody was infected with sin. But, Nobody would think it's crazy that uh, somebody does something really bad and it affects that the whole world in a sense of over generations and time and it gets Child worse abuse, and worse and this instance, happens. Yeah, yeah exactly. Or, or, you know, how about this? A, a guy goes, yeah, woman is less than me. When there's, there's a caveman, woman less, man more. A caveman says that a long time. That affects the whole world to where we're sitting in 2017 and we're still wrestling with some of that stuff. And we're still See, trying I, to get that out of us. I mean, all those things. I think what the Bible is telling us is right. Like we're learning more and more that it, it's not as crazy that there there could like like we've said this answers before, in like Genesis, the whole baby. Of, the, the the whole idea of a simulation and there's this uh, thing being creator right. that made this whole world for us and now yeah I can understand as long as it's talking about in computer language but if it's a god that's that's weird and bad no it's not like people in the past 
we're trying to explain the world to us, and so of course it's going to sound a little bit bizarre and wild. But that's the at the same time though. That's what I'm saying. I don't want a pastor to say, "Yeah, either Jesus was right or he was a liar." Wait, hold on. I mean, don't don't put me in that position. Don't put me yeah, in that. I agree that, with that. that. That what am I supposed to say? I, my my brain. I have a brain, and you have to at least let me think. Jesus could have been crazy. Isn't that part of it? Like at least I get to decide for myself. Wait. Jesus is or is not crazy, or I believe it. Like, I've come through a, a whole long line uh, of people who just told me God is this, and God is this, and God is this, and then finally when I got a breath and could go, what is God? Then I actually started Then I actually started figuring it out and thinking about it. It's just crazy that, you, you know, so many people would try to force it on you as opposed to, like, when John Mark was on last week or whatever, I was just thinking, he cannot... He, we're finally at a time where he can go, man, I had a, what did, what did he call it, like a crisis of faith yeah, or yeah. Uh, whatever he called it. He said for like two years, and now he's kind of reclaiming some stuff. I was like, man, he, can't, he couldn't have said that two years ago. He couldn't have said yeah. two months in, man, I'm just, I don't know where I'm at. Because people would have been scared or worried or what does this mean or is our Christian hero brother not a Christian anymore? What, like just give people some time to figure it out. And so that, I mean, there was, I cannot find this guy, but I think he was a, like an Episcopal priest or a Catholic priest or whatever, and he said maybe, uh, he said for him, the story of Jesus is true, and it is God trying to interact with him and, and also acknowledging where his culture and life and who he is and where he is, and so maybe the person in India, God might be doing it, speaking to them too, and trying to reach them or talk with them or in, 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 uh, interject into their life through that way, you know, whether that be Hindu or Buddhist or whatever. I'm not a universalist or I'm not, I don't know if I necessarily would agree that all religions lead to God or anything like that. But I'm just saying for me, I know Jesus makes sense. So I'm going to go with Jesus. But if somebody's trying to find God, I, I don't know if I want to try and damper that with me saying, hey, you know what? You better watch out about hell. Well, that's it. Watch you out up. about the hell. No, that, the thing you know, you're saying uh, about as, the past. As far as you. Sorry, it, sorry, there's just, a delay. Yeah. No, I was just going to say, as far as you're talking about with, with pastors and everything, I even get frustrated when I hear pastors like talk about God's character. Like, uh, I'm trying to think of an example. Like, What if a pastor says, you know, when people are, are mad at you, God uses those times of anger to teach you to have mercy on others. I'm like, how right. the hell did you get... Where- Where'd that come from? Like, what are you even talking about? It's like, here you are, a mere man, and you're teaching me how God behaves, processes, and reasons. I'm just like, at least say, in my experience with God, here's how I feel God sees these situations. Or I think when this happens, God would do such and such. But, I mean, in, in very mainstream churches, like, mega churches, small churches, people are, are like a voice piece for God. And once you once you um, reject like mystery and man, it's so crazy that we don't know a lot about God. For me, that just robs you of any sort of authenticity. I just can't even, I can't even listen to you if there's not like this right. approach of question and I don't really understand all well, this. Well, it sets sort of you thing. up to, to, to abandon the faith as soon as you go, I certainly don't agree with Mr. Ham on the ark. Right. And he said, right. and he told me, liar, lunatic, or Lord. So I guess I'm in, does that put me in the lunatic camp now or where am I? Like, right. that, that's a yeah. bad setup. I mean, do, you th- do y'all think it's fair to say that most atheists aren't listening to the right Christians in order to actually have somewhat of a respect for 
Christianity as a faith, and the same is true for Christians. Sure. We're just like, oh, atheists, they just don't want to be like... No, you're not even listening to the right atheists That's who right. are approaching it intellectually. That. I mean, and I'm not necessarily... I'm not I'm not talking negatively about Lee Strobel, but I'm not even talking about, oh, you just need to read Case for Christ. I'm talking about crazy, bright physicists who study the universe, and they're just like, yeah, I just... I can't not believe in God. It seems like atheists are only looking at the very shallow mm-hmm. um, people that don't know what they're talking about. It just seems like if both sides, if you want to call them sides, listen to better people, we'd have more understanding of one another. Right. I mean, or just listen to parts of people. I mean, I don't know. I, cer- I certainly think there's some pretty interesting and wise things that the Sam Harris and the Richard Dawkins say. I mean, they're not bad guys. Those aren't bad guys. Right. Basically, right. it, it just Richard not. Dawkins might be a bad guy. <laughs> I don't like that guy. Well, I mean, I'm not saying I like him, but th- he says a lot of stuff that it, it does make sense. And it's, I mean, he came up with the concept of a meme. He invented that. So, is, the, what you know? He did. Yeah, he, he the concept a, of what a meme. A meme. E M E M E. Like it, wow. it's it's like a like a gene. So a gene is something that propagates itself because it functions and reproduces what well, I could be wrong here. Somebody fact check me, but yeah. he at least yeah, introduced I think it's actually Polly Shore. Yeah, it might have been Polly Shore, it. I I think. But uh, you know, <laughs> he, I mean that was his idea to say it's an idea or a, a thing that spreads in the culture. It's not a gene, it's a meme. Right. But, but something like that. But that's uh, an evolutionary yeah. biologist. I mean he's not out his what I'm saying is and I could be yeah, wrong about that. The point is he's not a guy who's out there whose main goal is to hurt you or cause people to go to hell or something like that. That's not, that's not his goal. He's just think. I mean, he may have thoughts that are bad or wrong. He may be tainted. He may be biased. He may have some personal agendas just like anybody. But he I just don't doesn't think, know that he's possessed. He doesn't know right. that yeah. the, Satan know that himself demon, is possessed. That a demon lives inside of him. You can't I mean, blame the guy. Blame Richard Dawkins him. definitely has six, seven demons inside of him. And you can't, <laughs> yeah. you can't get that you can't out blame with him science. For that. That's right. You can't get that shit out with science. <laughs> you got to use the power of the Lord. Hey, I was, I, I was listening. Somebody posted this on Facebook, and it was Neil deGrasse Tyson talking to Chelsea Handler. And she's like, do you believe, uh, do you believe in God or something like that? And he kind of said roundaboutly. First answer was... Uh, that a lot, I forget the percentage, but it was a pretty high percentage of scientists do believe in God and pray, but he said they're able to, a good scientist is able to separate it. It goes into the lab, Mm -hmm. does his work, and then comes home and prays to God or whatever, like separates those things in a way, which I found a little bit weird. I don't know how you can totally separate things, but I I get it. And then he said he didn't believe because he said, like the Christian God, I think he was saying something like, is all-knowing, all-powerful, and also all-good. And how could you reconcile that with, like, a tsunami? And God couldn't be all-powerful if he can't stop a tsunami, and he couldn't be all-good if he allowed that many people to die. And that, to me, is such a a weak argument because that is our—that's based on our uh, timetable, the time frame, like our uh, space-time that we live in and what we think is right or wrong. And so all we can see is that, uh uh-oh— People died not here bad. And I understand that. That's the way I feel. If my family, if any of my family members died, I would be angry and probably be angry at God. But I have to say that that stance is based on just the human side of this is what I see. So that's why I can't believe in God. And where I think we have to come from is personal experience is I understand what I'm saying is crazy and absurd. I'm saying that there was a guy 2,000 years ago that I believe that said he died, that did some miracle. I mean, I understand that's absurd, but there's been a few things in my life that I can't explain that have moved me and changed me, 
And that's why I, I, I and the 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 darker parts of me that try to war within me, I need some help with that, and, yeah. I, and I just know I do. Well, so I mean, that, it's that, like it's like if if what we believe is true, you can liken it to like let's say the three of us are our characters on a loose leaf sheet of paper that were drawn were two dimensional, and every once in a while, uh, uh, a human being puts his finger on the paper it enters our world and we just see it as like this crazy oval off-white thing that just pops into our world and we're like what in the hell was that that's crazy we don't know that it came from a finger which came from a hand which came from an arm because we we don't even have that dimension but like toby you're saying you know there's been certain things that you just can't explain what if we told those two dimensions hey there's actually uh, more dimensions out there, and there's a create. There's something out there that interacts with you, and then you're it literally. Let's just say the the three dimensional figure actually has invisibly put both hands into that dimension and kept you out of trouble, or pat you on the back, or did something to you emotionally. You'd be like, man, I guess maybe that's true. Mm-hmm. What about though? We well, live I mean, on a loose leaf sheet of paper. Yeah, but but you can go. F- okay, first of all, if you were had a, if you didn't have the experiences that Toby has, then absolutely zero reason right. for Neil deGrasse Tyson yes. to believe any differently. Agreed. Because it, right. it's not like somebody can come up to you and you see something that's obviously horrible, and somebody say, "But only from your point of view." <laughs> right. What are no, you supposed but, to do? You know, like that doesn't mean anything. You don't have access to another point of view unless. Maybe you feel like you've had some spiritual experience or something yeah, like and that. I, but I, think, even, I think that analogy that I just set up is only for some. It's only for me to respond when someone says, "How in the world do you believe in all this shit? This right. is ridiculous." I, yeah. That's what I would say. Yeah. I, would, well, I don't think well, that's well, something. What, I, what I'm saying, in spite of your situation, there's there's a child right now. A, a little girl that's getting ready to, in some country to go into sex slavery and is going to have a horrific life. You sound like me be, now. <laughs> it's going to be terrible. And what I'm saying is that child might find God or not. You know what I mean? Like it won't, it won't be because just because of how bad their circumstances. For example, nobody gets mad about God and all that stuff that God's weak and tired and old or, or not real or anything when a 101-year-old man from Indiana dies. No, that was not, no, God's not evil or not powerful or anything. Like you go, oh well, he, the hundred one year old man, he's probably supposed to die. Like from that standpoint, you understand. Okay, when you say tsunami, you think like, bad. You know what I mean? Like it's your perspective it shapes everything. So that, that's what I'm saying. Neil deGrasse Tyson probably can't believe in God because his perspective is when something's really bad and of epic scale, that means God is weak. Yeah. And but he would not say that about a, an older man that passed away in his sleep that was a hundred one years old because that. That doesn't seem weak or bad or evil or wrong or anything. It's just, but it could be. Why? Why does the one hundred one year old man have to die? Right. Screw God. Why would you do that? Yeah. Why would you kill old people? Yeah. Right. Well, the way Joey <laughs> you know I mean? says. Matt, go ahead. Matt turned me on to uh, a particular Sam Harris episode, which I think points. I love Sam Harris specifically to what we're talking about right now with atheists maybe not listening to, uh, not having the best sources because when he explained Christianity. He definitely explained it as a list of do's right. and don'ts, and he likened it to like it's a fictitious video game that you guys are playing. It doesn't mean anything. All you're trying to do is do enough good stuff to please this fictitious character in the sky. And it's like, wait a second, you don't 
you don't understand the basis of our beliefs. And that's, you can totally say what we believe is true, but at least know what we believe because that's not how our faith functions. Yeah, that's the way that, yeah, it's it's surprising to hear somebody, it's people that are, you know, intellectually very astute and understand lots of point of views and and understand they actually ignorantly, no fault of theirs, really, uh, don't, you know, are characterize Christianity by the by something totally different than, than than what is actually at the core of it, which is our fault, really. Yeah. I mean, it, collectively, yeah. it's our fault. At, at least, I, I would say, I think, but that's about it. Yeah. All right. Well, now we want to do the altar call section of the podcast, right? Or mm-hmm. I'm pretty right. sure Sam Harris is listening. I, I think th- I think you read his name on the BC Club thing a while back. I thought yeah. I heard you. Yeah. That. He, heard, he's. He's broken. The Holy, Dawkins, Spirit, the Holy Spirit's wrecking him right now. <laughs> the Holy Spirit is wrecking the oh, hell he out of him. Oh, he's wrecked. So he's, wrecked. He's just right. wrecked as hell. We got any BC Club members? We got to get we out We do, here. and it's Jared, talking our asses off. it's Jared Stevenson. I pray that the Holy Spirit Jared, will. Not Jared. I did say Jared. Jared. I specifically you said Jared. I said Jared. Jared. Jared Stevenson, I pray the, the Holy Spirit wrecks you. Uh, mm, Tim, Wreck him, Lord. Tim Stasco, I pray that Tim, tomorrow I hope the Lord beats the hell out of you. I pray that you're <laughs> ruined tomorrow. Alex Malin or Malin, I pray that the Holy Spirit just takes your heart and breaks it in half so he can put uh. it back together again. Woo! Riley Manzo, I, I, yeah. I feel like the Lord is telling me that God is going to kill you, but bring a <laughs> bunch of good stuff out of that in a good, in a really good way. Family, yeah. to your family, <laughs> he's going to devastate your family, and it, trust me, it's going to be great. Yeah, right. It's it's gonna be awesome. Cody Oldham, Oldham. I want to let you know that you are not living even close to what God Uh-oh. has in store for you. There Woo-hoo. is way more potential for you, <laughs> and all you have to do is ask, my friend. Prophesy. Kyle Stark. Uh oh. Oh, shit, the Lord didn't tell me anything. Matthew Bayer, my friend, I'm just going to tell you that the Lord is about to destroy and break <laughs> and wreck every person in your family and your Everybody just you've ever known. Him. Hallelujah. Anybody you've ever loved, praise <laughs> the Lord. <laughs> just going to whip them like a dog. Woo! Beat their asses for the Lord. <laughs> All right. Thank you, folks. We really appreciate you listening to this podcast. There's a True Man Texas coming up in September. Toby, Toby tell, tell where people tell, can go if they want to check out your True Man and the BC Club. I'm saying that right now. I was already saying it. <laughs> There's a True Man Texas coming up right before the Emory Tour. Hey, Toby, tell them September. where they can go for that True Man experience. I pray, Father God, that you <laughs> close the mouth of the pastor. <laughs> The large pastor. True Man event in September. Email me, tobybadchristian at gmail to find out more about it and join the BC Club. Go to badchristian.com and you can join the BC Club and help us just to get like blessed oils and water from this river that we found in Tennessee that will anoint you. Uh, That's what we're trying to get. Hey, so and, by, the and last, it'll be in the merch and our, our merch tables at Emory shows. Yeah, and last but not least, uh, if you go to our merch bless page, bless him, Lord. Uh, bless him, Lord. Christian dot com. Oh. Um, we have definitely some blessed uh, fingernails. Bless. Uh, me, mm. Toby, and Matt. 
we've just made a conscious decision when we mm. pick our fingernails and we make a little pile on the end table. This we is have, awful. I hope we, we have, cut this out. This is we, not, I don't even know what's happening. We've lost them and and we're sending the them to you for five dollars yeah. each. You look down at your fingernails and then said something unbelievably horrific. <laughs> God forgive us all. <laughs> You've been listening to the Jabberjaw Podcast Network, jabberjawmedia.com.